0: You're listening to the Opening Statements Podcast, brought to you by HyperChat Social, the podcast bringing you real lawyers and their real stories. I'm Laura.
1: I'm Rebecca. I'm producer Evan. And this week, our guest is another Laura, Laura Benz of Benz Law Group and Benz Environmental Consulting, an environmental and natural resource and land use attorney of 19 years, rising star super lawyer 2016 and 17, and she obtained 50% of water supply permits issued in the state of Georgia. That is correct. Thank you for having me.
0: Yes, thank you. We're so excited. She's joining the Opening Statements podcast and Court is now in session. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much.
1: Yay, I'm so excited to have you. So just to kick us off, just the question that everyone gets asked really just to ease you into this. Why do you do law? And then follow up question, more specifically, how did you get into environmental law? Okay, well,
2: pretty much starting out in college, I had big aspirational dreams like I think most people do, as how they want to make a difference in the world. Um, I went into lobbying for a summer oh. and lobbied up in the hill, worked for an environmental group called Defenders of Wildlife, and saw how the two sides could not really communicate. So you yeah. had the environmental folks that were trying to you know, save every bug, bunny, every type of <laughs> thing possible, and they were handing out all these pieces of the legislature, why they should or should not vote for certain things. And they were being dismissed by certain groups. And it just feel, felt like there wasn't a time where the two sides were communicating effectively. Mm-hmm. Everybody seemed kind of like just in their own camps and not willing to meet in the middle. And mm-hmm. so part of the law aspiration at that time was to try to go have some type of educational background to be able to forge those two um, to try to have some sort of meet in the middle and, and have some sort of benefit um and so that's how it kind of went into environmental and so that's how I started
1: have you always been like a big advocate for for like, the bugs
0: and the bunnies and
1: the, yeah <laughs> the environment. I would say the whales the turtles yeah no I would say that I was growing up as a
2: kid I was outdoors I was the one that like hung out on the trees and never came home and you know everything nothing was gross everything was interesting um that sort of thing um I think I've probably come to a little bit of a, more of a growth. or <laughs> I've gone a little more in the opposite direction probably as I've gotten older just based on experience, um, and there needs to be an actual ability to get done. There needs to be a balance. You're not going to totally stop progress. Obviously, you don't want to destroy everything. It's trying to work in that middle ground mm-hmm. to say, okay, how can we get some sort of progress while also leaving the world a better place or at least not a worse place than we so yeah. that's Yes. <laughs> so that's how I, that's how I started.
0: That's interesting. What's your, like your favorite part about it? What do you enjoy the most?
2: Um one thing about environmental law is it's constantly changing. So yeah. you sit there in a perfect example and this is probably going to be a little bit outside everybody's wheelhouse, but I specialize in water. That's mostly what I do. And one of the gr- the the basic regulations that we work with under the Clean Water Act is what is a water of the US. If it's not classified as a water of the US, there's no regulation on it. So that definition of what constitutes the water of the U.S. has been going back and forth like a ping pong for about the last 10 to 15 years. So you'll go and work on a project and say, oh, it's a water of the U.S., and then the court will hand down something that says, no, it's not. And so then you go back, and the regulations change, and then you go back. And so it's based on whatever is happening within the administration um, as well as whatever the court then says if that law was
1: So like ping pongs, probably. Yeah, literally, it's
2: like... This is it? No, it's not. This is it? No, it's not. Because is it, like,
1: opinion-based more so? Is that why it, like, changes? It's standard-based.
2: So what happens is one administration will come in and say, I want it to be this classification. And then another administration will say, well, we're going to amend the rule. And so now
1: it's this. Is this, like, high priority for administrations? Like... Depends to change the standard. <laughs> so, it, I feel like it has been because it, it, it quantifies what
2: gets developed and what doesn't get developed and how much it costs to develop. And
0: so... so, so I'm like, involved, I just didn't even think... In all of this. I know. So yes. But I'm, I'm thinking so about that. I'm like... Right now. I, just don't know <laughs> I didn't think about the laws of the water. I'm like, I would think in my, like, novice brain, like, if it's a lake in the continental United States, would that not make the water... U.S. based but then what about like a river yeah and like
2: does it flow from like those are navigable water? so then you do navigable waters and then all of those things that you just described would mostly be called waters of the U.S. the stuff that people start fighting about uh-huh. are more of like your streams and your wetlands mm-hmm. and if a stream doesn't have water in it all the time then it can be called an intermittent stream and those for the most part are regulated but you have ephemeral streams which you might think of as a ditch that just carries water in it every once in a while uh huh and so it goes back and forth, are those regulated? So if you have a piece of property and there's what you would think is a ditch, but maybe it's really an ephemeral stream, you're not allowed to touch it. Oh. Oh, I didn't. So if you I if was... fill it in, you need a permit. And if you need a permit, then you also need compensatory mitigation, which means for you to fill that in, you need to go buy credit somewhere else for a wetland and stream to make it better
1: you are making this so fascinating stuff. I know I'm like who hires you is it like the county like who do you represent like do you represent like someone who's looking to build or do you everybody I mean I've, I've, I've done
2: individuals who have gotten um, a little bit in trouble perhaps they were doing something on their property that they thought was okay that ends up not being okay yeah, um, and so they get enforcement actions from the state or EPA or someplace else. And oh. so we work through the fine what about my cabin. <laughs> That's all I'm walk, thinking we about work through like... the fine process, try to get them out of trouble, maybe do a consent order where there's not a fine or there's some sort of restoration. So we do individuals. Um, I represent a lot of developers. yeah, going through the permitting process mm-hmm. to get things. Um, and then we also represent people that get angry with each other based on what they've done on their on property their, oh, to a neighboring. And that's
1: caused problems on a, on another piece of property. That's fascinating because so. I do. I have like a little stream that runs behind my house where I would be putting a fence, but it doesn't have water in it all the time. So could I put it, a fence
0: in? Depends now. I don't know. No, there's, there's like, there's quite. I qu- not <gasps> ask. I know. Well, now I'm just thinking about the property that I bought up in the mountains that has streams running all through it. I'm like, oh, <laughs> we'll just like, no one will care. Put a bridge over that. Put a no,
2: little. Bridges are fine. I, got, are I think not I'm putting things in the stream. Okay, so as long as you
1: don't put things in the stream,
2: right? Now, you would also probably need a stream buffer variance, depending on... I mean, so there's a lot of layers. Okay. She knew that. That was on her list. She knew that, She did. No. For, if it was just for a crossing, then you're exempt. So there's all these exemptions and rules and regulations. And so the, the problem when you say environmental law is interesting to me is because most people don't understand it no. or know it or know that there's all these various laws. Like, if you're doing a business and you have, like, you're selling tires, right? Yeah. You know, okay, I've got to pay attention to, like, what the regulations are for where I put them, where I build them. I've got employee law that I need to do, all these other things. Mm -hmm. But average people, your average layperson doesn't know that there are all these restrictions. Most people think it's my property. I can do that. Yeah. yeah. I think the same thing. That's just not the case when it comes to certain environmental restrictions. So
0: that is incredible. I think I probably should do more than just send (laughs) blueprints to my (laughs) little land builder man. (laughs) <laughs> and, and you know, you know, I'm like low you know, like, well, panic. I
2: mean, you know, you can contract some of it, right? You can contract and say, "Okay, you're responsible. You're gonna do everything in accordance with the law," and you can kind of try to make sure. But most people just go, "I'm
1: gonna hire you. You're gonna do it. Of course, you're gonna do it in the yeah. law." And then you don't. No, um, it, well, you would assume that people right. are up to up to code. Well, so I mean, I'm up in the mountains. It changes all the time, obviously. But it changes all the time.
2: Different things change all the time. But there's also things where people have been doing it forever and nobody changes. So, for instance, mm-hmm. like, you got, well, Ferretta, this has got a lot of new development. But you look at all the historic towns in mm-hmm. Georgia, right? Yeah. you so have all the old buildings from, like, 1800 and things like that. Mm-hmm. Well, people just go in and go, oh, I'm going to gut this and I'm going to do, I'm going to refinish and it's going to be so much better. and It's going to be great. Well, you have to have somebody that's certified in asbestos and there has to be all these other things for when they go in there. And local governments aren't telling people that. No. Mm-hmm. So then if they get a complaint, then these people are getting these violations for asbestos that they own the building, they're like, But I hired somebody it doesn't yep. matter. As the owner, you're responsible.
1: So so you can't put any of that back on the person that did the work at all? If you
2: contracted,
1: and they, they, they asserted that they were going to do it. But it's they, all in their contract. It would be a contract, and then
2: you'd be arguing with them and everything. But the, the law... The environmental law says that as the owner, you're responsible,
0: you're responsible to know.
2: Whew. So that's what I'm just saying. The environmental law is fun in the sense that everything's constantly changing and things are moving and then how they're interpreted is changing. So it's a little bit different than like a typical tort or what you would think of as like a personal injury yeah. case or things like that. Absolutely. Yeah. So if you weren't doing law, what would you be doing? For money. <laughs> as a job um, a job? um, a job? um I yeah
0: It was your backup plan
2: backup plan was probably again aspirational more of like doing some sort of like non-profit work or yeah something where i felt like working with veterans mm-hmm. almost yeah from a military background um not personally but my family does and so i would probably try to do something with that
0: yeah Very cool. Admirable. I know, right? Like, who are you? How did you get her? Right?
1: Amazing. So um, how, well, obviously environmental laws have changed a a lot and they go back and forth since you became an attorney, but what would you say is the biggest way they have changed?
2: There's just more. (laughs) Oh, really? I feel like there's more awareness Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like there's more enforcement. You know, the Clean Water Act was enacted in the early 70s, um, but nobody really enforced Forced it from a local perspective. Yeah. Um, And so I think now there's more and more awareness. Um, There's more of a change of people Mm -hmm. in the sense, you know, you get a rural area that's starting to get more developed and there's neighborhoods and there's people maybe whose great grandma didn't grow up across the street and now all of a sudden they're very interested in what you're doing on your property. Yeah. And so I think that awareness and insight um, Mm -hmm. and also people's. I don't know, their their assertions that they have the right to, you know, get involved in everyone else's business is making environmental laws kind of come to the forefront because it's not that they weren't ever there. It's just that now they're being enforced more. Yeah. Did you always have your own law firm? No, I did not.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I,
2: um, I started working at a small firm and I worked there for about 12 years. Oh, wow. Still Um, in
1: environmental
2: law. It was a boutique. It was a boutique environmental slash local government. So we Mm -hmm. did a representation of a lot of local governments as well. Um, and then I was the environmental solicitor at that time. So I did, you know, prosecutions for small little ordinance violations that had environmental tinge to them. Um, and then it just became a place where there was no opportunity for advancement. Um, it became a very abundantly clear after and, twelve years. Yeah, I mean, it was it. It just it changed in a sense, and um, family members started going to law school, and it just was one of those things where it was not going to be um, a, a long term mm-hmm. opportunity. Right. And then on top, there was also some, there was some behavioral issues that kind of came to the forefront of the, the owner that just made it, if, it, if I was going to jump, this would be the perfect time to jump. Yeah. So I actually resigned um, without having another place to go. Oh, that's rare. I did. Yeah, yeah. I resigned, but then I also knew that I could honestly say, I don't have another job and I'm doing this. And I resigned on t- Tuesday, Wednesday, and I had my first client and my... Law firm on Monday. Wow. wow. So we just had um the conversation my spouse and I did. If I was gonna go out on my own, like it was this was the time to do it. Yeah. Because once you go into another firm again, you you kind of get into that complacency of okay, well mm-hmm. they're providing my clients and it's not a sink or swim and so mm-hmm. if I was gonna do it like this was the perfect time to do it. And so yeah. I did it and that was about eight Eight and a half years ago. Wow.
1: wow. And so, so we were talking before the show, like, you have kids. So you, you had kids when you decided to I did. do that. Mm-hmm. Can you talk, because I, I like to think that a lot of our viewers are other, like, young, aspiring attorneys that we're teaching things to and, like, really picking things up that they can't just learn by reading a book, you know? So how does, like, being a mom of, I mean, your kids were young then. Yeah, right? I, my
2: third, I, okay, what's in Real
3: mic. quick, before we answer that, can I get you to speak into the mic just a little more directly? Yes. Thank you. So bossy, he? It? is, yeah.
2: He's, but it's okay, I get it, I was, I was slacking, <laughs> I'm fine. Um, so my kids at that age were, I'm trying to think, I mean, Collier is 13 now, so, I mean, he was like five? Yeah. Five or six, yeah, Ridley was, yeah. My, and Keaton at the time was, had, wasn't even a year old when I decided to pull the trigger. On that, So we had three kids all very young and decided to do that. And it was just, I think part of the huge part was I had a really supportive spouse who was very, very supportive of the entrepreneurial spirit. He had run several businesses on his own and he mm. kind of was like, this is the perfect opportunity for us to do it. Um, your clients that you've worked with at the firm, he thought a lot of them would go with me. Yeah. Um, and they did. Almost all of them did. That's amazing. And so yeah. it was just one of those where it, it all worked out. Um, but there was a lot of tough times as far as how are we going to get all this done and what's going to happen and what happens yeah. if this doesn't work out. Because, I mean, you walk away from health insurance and a regular paycheck. Yeah. And, and everything. Else. A lot of that comfort,
0: especially having um, three, it would have been three kids at that time, you know, three at that that's time. a big jump. And I think the, the
2: hardest part, the the most difficult part is to just trust on yourself, to go, you yeah. know what, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And what's the worst that's going to happen? The yeah. worst that's going to happen is I'm going to have to go find another job.
0: It's which, a good way of looking. I, yeah, mean, I mean, you, you know, know really like.
2: And, and I was very, very, I was very fortunate in the sense that um I had been recruited or catered to, well, however you want to call it through several large firms for several years prior to that and so I had standing offers so it was kind of like I was jumping but it wasn't like I was jumping without a full parachute. like safety net yeah you had something uh, like had there several firms that had said you know as soon as you are ready to come on board we, we would will love have to have you and amazing. so that was I mean it was that's so cool it was scary but only scary in the sense that if I fail I fail
1: yeah. yeah like it was more of a pride did you give yourself a certain amount of time where you were like i'm gonna try mm-hmm. this for six months and then no no you're just like we're oh just we're gonna we're wing s- it we're Let's just see. gonna do it we're gonna do oh, it oh man it made, a lot of it, it was faith. out I'm, i mean a lot yeah. of it was faith. yeah so That's amazing
2: wow i so but now the interesting part is you know i still have conversations with other people and friends of mine that are in firms that say come to my firm and oh. and then on this <laughs> and then on the the you know closed door aspects they go you've accomplished the dream. You've gone out on your own. Why would you overcome? And I'm like, aren't you asking me
0: to cut it? Yeah. Like, you,
2: I don't understand why. Yeah. You're, you're not
0: doing a great pitch. Yeah, um, you're
2: not doing a great pitch. It's more of like, come to my firm or give me the, you know, gumption to go out like
1: you did. Yeah. it's, so, it's, it's an interesting situation, but. Yeah.
0: That is so interesting. Um,
1: well, Obviously, you can't be an experienced lawyer without picking up a few interesting cases along the way. And here at Opening Statements, we want to break them wide open.
0: Yeah. So what would you say has been the most interesting case that you've had an opportunity to work on?
1: So as I said, for me, a lot of it is more of like a,
2: a project type statement. Yeah. Getting through permitting and things like that. And so one of the things that I think I'm the only one or the only one I know of that happened is we were doing a Walmart project up in Canton, and it had already been permitted. It was under construction, and during construction, they found human remains. (gasps) Stop it! They found human remains. And so, of course, everything has to stop. And because it has a permit, there's a federal nexus, so you have to get all the agencies involved. And it ended up actually being Native American (laughs) remains. And so the whole project got shut down for a short period, um, but Walmart stops for no one. So yeah. they had to be, they were they were removed with tribal people watching and everything, and then we had to repatriate them, which means that in the general area, we had to find a place to have their final resting spot. And so I ended up working with local people and also the tribe to find a place that would have been similar to what they probably were buried at at the time, which was near water on a hill needed to be a place where they would never accidentally be unearthed again Yeah, um, and do all that. So we went through the whole process and the travel coordination. And then the, the part that was a little bit of a kicker to me and I, and I get, you know, different cultural things have different responsibilities, but um, because I'm a woman, I was not allowed to actually be there when it was happening. What? Because really, because women are not allowed for that particular tribe. Women were not supposed to be at that, ceremony ceremony correct and so i did all the work with this other woman to help get all of it done we were ready and then we got like kicked off the little island that it was happening at so we could get done we were like on the other side of the thing just watching like Like, from afar yeah looks like it's all going well yeah so i mean there's been interesting things like that um you know you, you never know i mean things have changed i would say from an interesting perspective like um Now, with social media and everything else, you know, you get to different projects and you think you're going through the process fine. Mm -hmm. And most projects require a joint public notice or an opportunity for public comment for 30 days. I love public comments. You're always waiting to see, like, what's going to happen now? And so the crazier parts have been more like, okay, how is your opposition getting together? Are they all showing up in red T-shirts? Like, what's happening to, like stand up and scream and tell you and how much you're a horrible person and how you're ruining everything
0: oh that's so, fun i love that i know i mean i'm a little bit taken aback by which i guess makes sense though because i live up in that area you know and there is like i mean the trail of tears is you know mm-hmm. runs right through that area so i'm not surprised but that's the only time that's ever happened I, that I'm that aware That you've of, been, like, a part that I've of. I've been a part of. And it was just
2: one remains? No, it was three.
1: So oh. how did they not know oh. that, that that was a burial? Like, did, was it just not so or did they, n- nothing's it, marked? Nothing's marked. I just don't know. <laughs> no, no, not. I don't know. They didn't have tombstones I back then? I don't So know. nothing... Like, how long A, a lot ago? of it is
2: nothing... Le- nothing's really marked, right? So whenever you do a project now and there's a... Fe- well, could, well, you'll hear me say federal nexus. So if there's a federal permit or if there's federal dollars or something that would kind of get you into where you have to consider certain environmental laws. One of them is cultural resource. It's called Section 106, where you have to do a consultation and you have an archaeologist come out and they'll either just do a literature study and look and see what are the other things around, what are the known sites, and then there's also ones where they do testing and they do them on grids and do Digs and see, do they find pieces mm. of pottery? Do they yeah. Found, what have they found that would indicate a settlement or some type of living area, uh, okay. whatever? And then that, if they find those things, a lot of times, then they do more intensive digs to make sure
0: it's not, you know, yeah, right, it's
2: not. Or if it is, it's being properly now or taken care of.
0: That those remains had been like moved to another resting spot. Like, is that now? N- It's It's like noted so that if somebody wanted to build, that was the issue.
2: So it had to be on public property so that way it was owned by a local government. So that way they could assure that it would never be sold and built and everything again. But it's not marked because they didn't want any. This is going to like they didn't want somebody thinking that because there was somebody Native American, perhaps there was like some sort of treasure or something else and digging them up. So. It is an unmarked area that is under protection because it is owned by a public government. Gotcha.
0: But at least, like, wow, maybe the government knows where yeah, it they is. They should know, so, like, the
1: question is whether like, they you know 20 years from now. I was going to say, yeah, like, so The next Walmart wants to be built. Well,
0: exactly. And they're like, oh, now we have to come Put back a and be there. like, let's move <laughs> these ind- individuals again. Okay. That is pretty interesting, I would say. Like,
1: how did you handle like, the finer details of that? Like, what did you. Like, what skills do you feel like you had to really use for for this project?
2: For any of my projects, I think it's being able to kind of see the forest through the trees. Mm. So you have to see, like, the larger implications. And then also, how are we working with all these different pieces as they're moving together? And how are we making sure that... We have coordination with things that are going to be due six months from now versus what's due now, because if you don't put pieces in movement, then the whole schedule is going to get thrown off. Right. And you're going to have upset people because there's going to be boxes in storage when they don't need to be in storage, they need to be other places, and, and how are we going to get things done? So I think with that or any of the other type of regulatory work that I do, it's making sure that, one, you can implement the regulations, you understand them, and two, that you understand how all the pieces fit together. So a lot of people get into a project um, for some sort of regulation and they focus only on their piece. Mm-hmm. And if you only focus on your piece, you don't understand how all the other various pieces can impact you or possibly totally off-road you. Yeah. And so I think that's been my skill set is how I can yeah. see kind of like the bigger picture. You can, like forecast what you need right. to. That's good. And see everything and then also... Because you're a the, woman. See the players. Women, women multitask better. Yeah. Be perfect, the most. tribe
1: didn't get it but like you can't there's, be there's a sidebar on that story too but that's we'll a <laughs> sidebar later yeah, yeah. we'll come <laughs> off
0: air for yeah. that one
1: wow when okay. when was it that this happened
2: that one happened back in about 2007 2008 all right so another
0: few years and then maybe as I was gonna say has has anything changed like can you still do that if you find Remains, you still move that. Like they don't just stop yeah, I mean, you production. Actually, They're not like, hey, "Oh, sorry, no." You can they move got cemeteries,
1: huh? People move cemeteries. They move cemeteries. Yeah, you you have, I mean, it's it's a process. Do you have to like get no every kidding. family member's
0: like <laughs> yeah. permission?
2: You have to let them know like where you're going to move them and everything else. I mean, oh, but you don't have, to have their, have their permission? sign a piece of paper. I mean, there's a whole regulation about where they are. I mean, because I'm there's, a lot of times there's no there's no family. I mean, you have to think about it. you're trying to find some of these some of these some of these cemeteries. They all have family from like. 1700 like social media now yeah but for not back to 1700 <laughs> 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 it
4: doesn't
2: tell me uh, no, it yeah, doesn't no, tell it me does it do doesn't about, give you the no, list that's... of all the people no, and where so they're buried they're, i mean that's the thing very few things totally stop
0: anything wow it's how
2: you move through things and how you work to get I'm
0: not it. being buried they move them
2: it very happens very, very rarely because it's... it's you don't care. It's, it's, you're dead. It's very expensive. It's very expensive. My bones are but my bones. government... It takes a lot of time. And so yeah. that's the other thing. Most projects, they want to be done yesterday. Right. Or they want their authorization, like, within two weeks or something that's crazy. So trying to move something like that, it's easier to condemn somebody and go around and take that their neighbor's mm-hmm. property and put the road that way.
0: Gotcha. So that's why
2: it doesn't... It, it very, doesn't happen. It's not that easy. Okay. That's why like, you said, like, it's so... It's an enemies. arduous process yeah. and it, it's more expensive and it's timely and time is money and so people just go another way. And so most was of it the time. Walmart that had to pay
1: for the removal and the rebuilding? It was the development company. Okay. Oh, interesting.
0: Yeah, because I guess maybe they, I don't know how it It was all that part works.
1: of the permit, right? Before they sell oh. to Walmart. So most of the time, oh, developers
2: okay. do the projects and Walmart has the contract to buy it right after it's finished.
1: Mm, things I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I learned something new every day doing this. I'm not kidding. No, I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or that's the way it was in that time. But yeah, I mean, I, 2007. But, yeah. But I mean, there's a lot of times where developers,
2: I mean, like Publix pays developers to build sites and then, you know, just signs on the dotted line when their structure is up and they're ready to go. So I guess it makes a lot of sense, really.
0: Do they have to do any, like, well, I think you mentioned this, like, I know they have to do, like, a public notification because, again, I live out in, like, north, like, the coming area, and there's a lot of development happening. So you, we see all the signs all the time about, like, public hearing and my little neighborhood HOA they are those people, I'm sure, in like the red shirts, like standing up. That's like why you don't live in, That's why I don't live in a subdivision. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're like, we will not. No stop. HOA for you. Oh, my. Because they did. They tried to put a, a Walmart on our corner. We stopped that. They tried to put. I would
1: love a Walmart on my corner.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think because it backs. I mean, I don't. I, you know me. I am like a live and let live kind of person. I, yeah. Yeah, so so you're probably talking more about your zoning regulations. That, than- I think, is probably what it is, little yellow signs and stuff. Correct. But so, like, if – do they have to make it public that, like, hey, we were building this and we found human remains? No. And so all that can just happen under the radar and – the general public Well, I mean, most of it,
2: if that, if that's the case, it, there's going to be some sort of agency involved. And so there's mechanisms for you to do a request. Anything that goes through a government agency is open for public inspection. So whether it's for Georgia, you do a GORA, Georgia Open Records Act request, or a FOIA under federal. And so you just can – I mean, you can ask. You can dig for lots of stuff.
1: That's great. Um, you just have to do it every day. I wouldn't have the time. Local <laughs> local
2: governments, a lot of them will. You'll say, "Look, I don't want to bug you, so can we just say that this is a running one, or do you want me to send one in every day?" And most clerks mm-hmm. are go. It's it's good. It's I'll good. just I'll send you everything like every week or every month. Sure, yeah,
1: something okay. like that. Gotcha. What is one way you'd like to see environmental law change? Ufda. <laughs> that's that's a really tough
2: question. I mean. I don't see it getting any easier. I don't see it getting any simpler. Mm. Um, I think it's just going to get more complex. We're developing and seeing more and more things. Like um, right now, there's going to be new rules coming out this spring um, for what we refer to as forever chemicals. They're the chemicals that never break down. So... Mm -hmm. So like,
1: so example, please. So um, it'd be
2: a bunch of like scientific words. Like we're going to talk about polyfly corn. You know, you're going to start listing out carbons and everything else. That's what it is. Do they have like a more... So we refer to it as PFAS. Okay. So just, if you'll see it for PFAS.
0: PFAS. Yeah.
2: It's just P-F-A-S. And that's, it. you know, you start going into
0: all the different carbons and how that goes Are they commonly used ingredients? Like you find in your household items, all of a sudden you realize...
2: That never mm. go away. That never go away. What? That, n- that never go away. So, like things that are using you're cl- seeking <laughs> things that are using cleaners and things that are used. In, um, um, things that are used in plastics. Things that are used.
0: Just mm. all those
2: sorts of things that we've come to know and they've been used for forever. But they don't ever, they never degrade. They yeah. just keep building up in the environment. And so the question is, you know, hey, are, is this something where we need to have regulations into drinking water regulations? And do we need to look oh. at how they're assimilating in different types of ecosystems and how are they impacting yeah. different things? And so, you know, I it just, it's going to keep getting more and more and more and more. And I don't know how it gets more simple. Mm-hmm. Um, I think... As an environmental professional, we're going to become more and more specialized. Like, certain people are just going to focus on water. They're just going to focus on hazardous waste. People are just going to focus on um, air.
1: Mm -hmm. And you're going to be even more specialized and more niche. I was going to say, I mean, because it changes so often, like, how do you stay up to speed on everything? Like, do you just sit you at read home and you're just, lot. like, reading and Damn. you're down.
2: I have you, – you, so, I mean, the good thing about the internet, right, is you subscribe to different services where you get – I get, I have four sites that send me constant case law every single day as here are the cases that have come out and this is wow. what's going on and here are the announcements. And you go to seminars and try to say, all right, what agencies are coming up with rulemaking? And mm-hmm. it's, there's a lot of work that's done with any type of law. There's a lot of work that's done outside of just what you do for your client to try to make sure that you're aware of things like, oh, wait, I've got a client where if this comes down the pipe, that's going to be problematic. Right. Like we need to figure out how to be in the best position. So they can start making some changes. So it's not catastrophic financially. Things yeah. like that. So.
3: When you talk about like, you know, uh, there being more complicated and, and like an ever growing number of rules, would you say that that is largely a good thing or a, you know, I mean, maybe it's neutral, but.
2: I think there's some good and there's some bad. I mean, there's a point. I am probably one of the more people that are are less regulation is better on certain things, mm-hmm. Um but I think they're so convoluted and there's so much, it becomes very difficult for an average layperson to figure out what they need to do, what they don't need to do. And and there's no resource. I mean, other than going and consulting with an attorney every single day or every month right. and being like, hey, is there something new that's come out? How would you know what you can and can't do? I yeah. would never, yeah. I mean, and, and that's and, – and Georgia here in Georgia, God love our state, I love living here, and I wouldn't want to live anywhere else, but we're very much a pro-business slash you do what you want to do, I'm not going to get in your your mind. I mean, a perfect example with that is the Safe Dams Act. So um, if you buy a pond and it happens to be regulated by the Safe Dams Act and somebody builds a neighborhood below it and then they come by and say, well, now you have a Category 1 dam, you're responsible for bringing that dam into compliance. and. If anybody calls me and says, I I just got this letter from safe dams and I have a category one dam. It pretty much you're like, OK, are you ready to be really unhappy? Like there's I've never had a case where anyone's happy because I've never had a case to retrofit the dam that wasn't less than one point five million. Oof,
0: stop. So
2: so if you sit there and you tell somebody, hey, you have this dam, you're your dad built this farm pond, right? But it's 25 feet high. The dam's 25 mm-hmm. feet high. It has water. So now it's a category one. Somebody built a subdivision now. So if it was a catastrophic breach, it satisfies their criteria for what the state feels would be a loss of life. If there was a, a break, yeah, you have to, as a public service, bring this dam up to compliance. You're like, well, I don't have $1.5 Well, who does to you know, do something right. that they weren't anticipating, right? Yeah. And so then their option is to remove it. To, to you know, breach it and let it go downstream, or bring it into compliance, and those are your two options. Wow! And so, if other people live on the lake, like let's say there's somebody has property up at the top part of the lake or whatever, right? Uh-huh. Well, if you breach the dam, they can sue you for loss of value,
0: and you so can't. You're su- getting it either way. You're going to get
2: it either way. Oh and God. so, I've been talking to legislature at some point and saying, look, there needs to be a, a property disclosure. Absolutely. There needs to be something yeah. required, but we're. a Buyer beware, estate. So you're expected to know what you're buying. But I don't even Most think I knew real that. estate attorneys don't know. Most real estate attorneys don't know. Most realtors don't know. So they're like perfect late for a lot. And you're it's like, It's so amazing. Yeah, it's there. Beautiful. You go. There
0: it is. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I thought like that is so, something you don't learn until you learn. <laughs> you know, yeah, right? It's a really expensive lesson learn to learn. And we've yeah. even had
2: conversations with some of the senators' office, Senator Ossoff's office, um, about there's no, there's no public money for private property. I mean, there's able to, you can find money for doing damn retrofits for like state owned and federal owned properties and things like that. But if you're a private citizen, there's no cash out there for like you to dip into to help you out with this situation. Wow. So yeah, yeah, I mean, one of my, one of my clients on, um, she passed and all of her children, we went ahead and, and wrote the, the, the disclaimer of, I refuse to accept any of the property from the estate, filed it in the, Filed it with everything to make sure that nobody could try to like pass along the property. Let the let the county take it in a tax sale, and some oh, poor wow. schmuck went and bought it Ooh. under a tax sale. And so, I assume in a little bit, he probably will go ahead and get a letter saying that now he owns a dam. And see what's amazing—it's <laughs> a bonus. How,
0: they had to have known something like that was going to happen because you even think about like if you're. Inheriting some land, like half the time, you guys are just arguing over who gets what acres. But I mean, they must have known that was coming to yeah to write that in there, like
1: because like oh. she must have had a letter. And how sad at some is point. that she did
0: as the family to be like you can't even inherit. not inherit your one of the only resources family.
2: that your parents have left you. That's yeah. really sad. Yeah,
0: and you don't get paid. I mean, it's not like oh they, they, ex- sold it they yeah, yeah they. I mean, but, for but, a tax but they can't, tax can't come that. after it.
2: They can't come after. I mean, you can't. I can't come after you for somebody else's property, right? Yeah. So if you say I don't want it, I'm not, I'm not right. taking that responsibility. Then it's fair to you to be able to say that's not my responsibility. I'm not going to take it. Yeah. But that's the kind it's of stuff hard. when I say yeah. environmental laws, like what, why would change? I wish there was more awareness. So kind of circling back to that question, I wish there was more awareness. There was some place where people could have a better understanding. I feel yeah. like you can Google. If I get in a car wreck, what what happens? Absolutely. Or yeah. if mm-hmm. I'm if I'm an employee, what are my rights? And I feel like there are those sorts of things. But environmental is so vast and it covers mm-hmm. so many different mm-hmm. topics. You don't think to there's... ask the question. You don't. And most people have, have the mindset of it's my property. I want to do what I want, or mm-hmm. I can do what I want, and I don't give a damn. And, and,
1: yeah. and then that's what ends up getting in problems or in, ends up having problems. So, yeah. but obviously, so they get the letter from like the safe dam. The state. The state. So the state knows, and they're like, "Oh, new victim, basically. That's not, I mean,
2: you, no, I mean, I will tell you this. The folks at Safe Dams are absolutely fantastic. I mean, they they they're don't want to be in the They're making you aware. They're making you aware, but this is also a safety issue. Like, they're enforcing the law. Like, it's that's the not subdivision,
0: their- I think, that got built that triggered it. Because right. then they have to do their whole, like, environmental safety. And they're like, oh, there's a dam up here. It's not up to code. It could break. Kill I mean, they, the no, every in once so they do they do
2: assessments of all dams all throughout the state periodically. So, I mean, it could just be that they went and it. it was now unsafe. And now there's so many other things, and it Mm. it wasn't built. I mean, a lot of the times, those things weren't built, like, with an actual engineer. It was like, Bubba with a backhoe, throw a pipe in it, throw some dirt (laughs) on (laughs) top. Look at the lake. Let's go fishing. Woo! Yeah. Bubba with a backhoe. (laughs) I mean, I describe it that way, but, I mean, that's still a lot of times what happens. You know? Somebody's like, I want a pond, and then they just fill it all in. and Yeah. And half the time they're filling in illegally because you need a clean water act permit unless it's for agricultural purposes. But, I mean, there's there's all these other things. We, we,
0: we try to, to dig a pond at mm-hmm. my mom at the same property, and the county told you, us no. You got in yes. Yeah. <laughs> we were like, but what, can't we like, do it if we want to do it? And she's like, well, you don't ask me for permission, and I told you no. So I would recommend so you, you don't. Beg for forgiveness you don't do rather it. than permission. You know? Well, I
2: mean, and that's the thing. if you If you dam up a stream to do it and you don't have the agricultural exemption to do it, then EPA comes after you, and EPA fines are not fun. No,
0: no.
1: just I'm just I'm just saying. No, no, she and she would it. never
0: damn her stream. She just has like a little one that comes. No up one in her come yard.
1: after Doris. She's fine. <laughs> I know my mother. She didn't do it. My mother that's would the do, point. It. My mother do it. My mother
0: cares about all the bugs and the and bunnies. The bunnies. And yes, she is that lady.
1: Yeah. So that's something that you would change. But is there anything that for like a homeowner going to buy a home? Is there anything that they can do? To I would, know all I of I would this. say, you know,
2: one thing that I would have a homeowner do is a lot of times you can get zoning letters from your local county mm. office. So say, okay, how is my house zoned? What is everything? Is there anything that you see if this was going to be developed now that I would need to be aware of? And so as the more developed counties are going, those people in the development offices will say, okay, now you've got streams on this piece of property. We've got ordinances that do. And if you start at that local level and they'll issue those letters usually within like a week or two oh, wow. of fast. saying hey this is the zoning this is what i you know for consideration or this is what you can do because a lot of people buy a piece of property and think they can do whatever they want with it as far as like Without it i'm going to i'm going to buy this house but i'm going to put a daycare in the inside or whatever and then mm-hmm. they go to do that and the county's like no you can't do that your house isn't zoned properly yep. so i think if you could take advantage of some of those other benefits
0: um, Is that they might free be a resource.
2: To, yes, most of the time it's a free resource that mm. they could help you. Then, I mean, obviously they're not going to be legally liable if there's something that they miss, right? Yeah. But it's something that could just say, more "Hey, about. you're." A lot of times, those county folks are way more in on what's going on than the realtors and the the real estate attorneys because the real estate attorneys are going okay is this valid title is this is there anything that's on your property that's not going to let you use it you know did somebody reserve the mineral rights and they could come tear up your house if they wanted (laughs) to find something underneath it that's more what they're looking at okay are are you going to be able to get a loan on the piece of property (laughs) like is the bank going to loan on it that's what they're looking at but as far as like what you can do, I mean, most real estate attorneys aren't going to sit there. I mean, the ones that are doing, like, your average closings aren't sitting there going, well, there's a state 25-foot buffer and an additional well, 75-foot mm-hmm. setback, and you can't do that. And, you, you know, oh, wait, you can't do this. And, you know, they're not into that part. They're more into, like, did I did I help effectuate a piece of property that you actually own that somebody can yeah. take away from you? Yes. So that would that's the only thing that I can think of as, like, as a free resource that people could say, hey... What are the restrictions? What do you know of that I could do on my piece of property? Um, Otherwise, you know, meeting with consultants and things that do development, if you have something in mind that could say, hey, this is – these are the types of authorizations that you would need.
1: Yeah, Yeah. Because, I mean, a lot of times – like I mean, when I bought my house, I didn't think about doing anything extra to it. But five years down the line, I'm like, oh, having all this extra stuff in the backyard might be kind of nice. I would have never, ever thought – I still wouldn't have ever thought – until today to even look into it, I'd be like, that's my property. Well, <laughs> well, that's, thing, one thing do I, I want really want to say,
2: though, this is we're starting to have a lot more problems with this just from like a local layperson. If you buy into a subdivision. There is most likely a declaration of covenants and restrictions that is on your property that mm-hmm. talks about the rights and and essentially godlike terms you have given your homeowners association. <laughs> Please read them, read the policies, because otherwise you're just going to end up with them yelling at you, fining you, mm. and then trying to put a lien on your house. So, do like, you get those before you buy the house? Like,
1: can you? They are supposed. At the so
2: they are they are available. They're in your title. So this goes back to your real estate attorney when they close the. House a lot of times when they close it or you're getting ready to close, it just says your property is being conveyed subject to these easements and restrictions. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, one of them should have that declaration on it. Mm-hmm. You need to get a copy of that.
0: Yeah, I think you have to ask. That's for at closing, for it. though. You can get it ahead
2: of time. Okay. But yeah. when but somebody so does title point, for that's really you, invested in this home. Yeah. If somebody does title for you, you, I'm trying to think. I don't think the declaration. If you looked at your tax record on a tax assessor, normally it just shows the ownership. It doesn't show. The declaration so
0: yeah no because i think like thinking separately from like my house that i have in the neighborhood we only knew to ask for that because we had were coming from another like deed restricted neighborhood yeah so we were like we just want to know like what they care about because they care about some crazy stuff in my they, like, do. they, they do. care about like the curtains that i put in the the front windows are, are you be kidding a, they have to be a specific color I'm not. I can't. I and couldn't that again have. Is why I do not live in a subdivision. Yeah. I couldn't have red same. curtains or black curtains. It's it's kind of crazy.
1: We now have a subdivision, but, but a so subway.
0: when we bought the property, which is also like deed yes. restricted, same thing. Like, thankfully, my dad owns in the neighborhood, so I was able to see. But I mean, it, it's very specific down to like what types of material we can build our cabins with or not with. You know, I mean, it's very, You're gonna build it's, a modern it's like house six in there. list of ingredients that we can use to build a cabin that all cost a gazillion. You know, it has to be like a log cabin. But it's interesting because even then, like, I mean, I was able to like just buy this land. Like, here's some money. It's like some land. I had to get a soil test done. Well, that's because you have to perk. I know what that right. means. So you don't have you don't have sewer, right? I have nothing. I own so a if you have, couple if, acres so if you own, of nothing.
2: So in Georgia, in Georgia we're also not really like sewer friendly. We're starting to be more sewer friendly um through the metro area. But most of the rural counties don't have sewer. So yeah, no, everybody like septic has septic. Yes. And so in order to have a septic tank, you have to have a certain amount of property and it has to have certain types of soils. Because when you put all that goodness in the soil, Whoa. you want it to be able to move through the soil and in the, like to kind of use the soil to clean what you're putting in there. If you don't have the right type of soils, oh, so- if you have like wetland soils, it's going to... Go all around and just go through yeah. your yard and go down so, in your neighbor's property and everything else. I see that it's, being a problem. It's, 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 it's an aroma issue. It's an a n- lot, I mean, lot it's of an issue. But yeah, so think gross. about that. Yeah.
0: I like looked at these acres and was like, oh, this is cute. It's in the, yeah. it's in the woods. <laughs> I, I almost could, did it. Too. I could <laughs> put my house. I know I was sending you lots. I <laughs> could put my house here, and then they were like, well, now you have to have your soil test done to see where you can put your septic tank, which will then say it can't be so many feet from your. Well, in your water, you which means well? I don't know where my well, you're house gonna have to do a well because you have to
2: have water, but have you have don't want to put your you don't want to put
0: your stuff in your well. Yeah, you don't want to poop. That's drink. A, that's yeah. I'm not made for this life. I know. <laughs> like, Joe and I have been on. like really like having a moment about it because we're learning all of this. Stuff so that's why. So that's why nutrients. when
2: you said like that's why I do environmental plus land uses because it all kind of
1: gels together, right? You're just so needed. So you're so valuable
2: down in the south side.
1: Yeah. Not in a subdivision. No, (laughs) I represent,
2: I actually do represent several subdivisions. And it's a different, it's a different type of, it's a different type of work because you're dealing with a board as opposed to an individual and
1: everything else. Yeah. Do you end up with a lot of surprises? In your field, I mean, obviously, like you found dead people, but like, are there any other I, I, like, bones and
0: I think remains? Really
1: <laughs> Surprise, but like, yeah, I was like right, to
2: Like, we weren't in the pro- it wasn't in the decaying process. Like, it <laughs> already happened. They'd been okay? dead. Like, they hey,
0: they were they were decaying. Yeah, we, were, we weren't
2: we were like trying to go to like whatever, laughing. like Law and Order, like
1: figure out CSI, like who was a it? a murder. Yeah, um, wasn't anything like that. But like, no. any other like really like, weird surprises that you. I mean, I don't think I have the lying aspect
2: that a lot of other attorneys have, like for family law or personal injury or anything, where it's like, this is what happened. And you're like, that just doesn't sound right. And like, something <laughs> else kind of happens. I mean, most of my surprises are I'll have a client call and say, hey, hypothetically if (laughs) this were to happen and you're like hypothetically like I can sit here in my office or if I drive by your side I might see it (laughs) and they're like you know and that's at that point they're like you might want to take a drive you're like okay you know that kind of thing is more of like surprises of like we've been through this 17 times you know that you're not supposed to do this like it would be great to do it right on the front end instead of getting you in trouble getting you out of trouble um those kind of things but but hey that's a
1: loyal client yeah, hypothetically, if I, times, like, know, I've
0: dug exactly yeah, where you me. Yeah, pay me to get to you know. out of
2: trouble 17 <laughs> times. That was just an exaggeration, but I guarantee sure. you I have some that are, like, on the 8 to 10 range.
0: Right? <laughs> like, you're like, come on, Bob.
2: You're like it's one of those where it's like, you've been caught a lot. Like, this is not, like, like you are to change your method. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's
3: yeah. so funny. I'm seeing a pattern. Yeah. You get a problem. Yeah.
2: But right. it's expensive. When you start talking about development yeah. and, like, Putting in culverts or doing things like that. I mean, like right now, for you to impact one linear foot of stream in the middle Chattahoochee Basin, which is this part of Atlanta, right? Mm-hmm. For mitigation costs, we're at about $2,000 per foot. Per
1: foot? Per,
0: foot. per, f- per f- linear? Per, per foot. linear foot. Per foot. And think about, like, if you're putting in, like, the little... Culvert thing that's to go underneath the, the road. How so wide if you do it, it under
2: a hundred feet, you don't have to have mitigation. But anything over a hundred feet, you start to have mitigation in accordance with the regulations, right? So
0: let's say, do you want to take a drive to my property. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, but if you start talking, about, you start talking about trying to avoid and minimize because the costs are so egregious, like for wetland, right now, I think we're up to eight hundred thousand was the last quote I got for one acre. So if you've got, like, if you're building a big old shopping center. And there's some wetlands in there. I mean, you might pick off, like, what, four acres, two acres, whatever. You're talking about just mitigation costs at $800,000 an acre? Wow. That starts really adding up to people's costs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And stream really is what really hits us here in this area. Yeah. So... Wow. Just because we have all those little fingers. And so there'll be a site where you mm-hmm. get all the little tributaries and things. That's like what our the entire, tributary. like, yeah. you just need
0: property to get is. It's just streams. <laughs> Forget every... a cabin. Go modular. That's what we're, we're, like, looking at the platform. Like, the stream runs this way and this way right, and this. I'm like, well, if we did a bridge over to that and then
1: a thing over to expensive. that.
0: And, mm, mm-hmm, I know. I know. This is why people like to pipe them everything i'm doing just to try to just be across have the street it to ride weather. on like you don't need to do anything i had the other ones like the can. mountainy one it's <laughs> a ride on it sounds like
1: that might be a better option I th- go modular i think you'll be fine
0: <laughs> i can't that's not one of my um it's probably
2: one oh, so of ingredients, ingredients that I oh, so that's use. probably <laughs> prohibited in her title so <laughs> she's I not mean, allowed to do that i can't
0: i have to it has what to be all tents? wood can you do natural? a wooden tent Well, I could, but then it becomes. I think once I do something with the road, no. (laughs) Like once you put a structure on the property, it becomes an improved property, and then my like property fees go from like a hundred bucks a year to like five hundred or whatever it is. year or quarter or something so like it becomes an, it comes oh. the same that like my parents pay for having a house on theirs oh like my property f- dues my dues your dues that's what it is rent. my dues your hoa yeah. rent yurting what is a yurt i
1: don't know like it's a like tp a, a wigwam
3: yeah, like yeah
0: it's like a tp or wigwam a wigwam a a what the it's like a i just tent. want to point that like y'all are throwing out wigwam like that's just a normal term like <laughs> yeah. yeah i have no clue what they're talking about a wigwam. Yeah, no, what no, are you doing with your hands? <laughs> yeah, no.
2: Now you understand. A wigwam. It's a wigwam. No, it's a wigwam. You really cleared it up <laughs>
4: for me. Thank you. I <laughs> <You> don't
2: know. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. No. In my head. I'm going to like go home and be, I'm just going to look at my husband and be like, do you know what this is?
0: <laughs> and if like, he goes, yeah, wigwam. Yeah. I'm really like, shit, where have I been? Like, I know, <laughs> You didn't know. <laughs> you know. <Dang. laughs> I don't know Go. what you're doing. I'm so sorry. I don't either. I think i lost it. <laughs> <laughs> well,
3: this is not getting cut from the show, by I'm, <laughs> I'm
2: going to cry. <laughs> you are crying. Wigwams apparently are
1: very emotional.
0: Uh, it's, it's a heated topic. I mean, you didn't know.
2: I
1: don't know where in my brain that came from. <laughs> is it a real word, or did yeah, you make it's a it wig-wham. up? Yeah, wigwam. No, that's a real Everyone word. Everyone knows what a wigwam is. I've
2: heard the term, but I don't I think not. I could visualize, like, what it is. I don't I have never thought of a thought t-p- it like this.
0: This. I know, like, a TP. It's the same. I do a TV. I'm like we're like, about ready to Google this. <laughs> so we're and like, Google I'm going to Google it right now. I'm okay. doing the research. Is it just another word? Please look in our podcast show notes, show <laughs> notes. <laughs> for the link to a wigwam.
2: Wikipedia. Make sure you do the donation. They're they're now asking for I know.
1: it. It is, happens I every is, time this year. A
3: wigwam is a hut or tent with a domed or conical roof made by fastening bark, hides, or reed mats over a framework of poles, as traditionally used by some of the North American Indian peoples. See.
4: <laughs> <it
3: is>. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Hyperchat Social, the attorney's social media marketing agency. From branding to lead generation, we have experts specializing in all areas of digital marketing and we're ready to help you take your practice to the next level. Contact us today at 877-359-3399 or book a free consultation online at tryhyperchat.com. That's t-r-y h-y-p-e-r c-h-a-t dot com. This episode is brought to you by HyperChat Social, the attorney's social media marketing agency. From branding to lead generation, we have experts specializing in all areas of digital marketing, and we're ready to help you take your practice to the next level. Contact us today at 877-359-3399, or book a free consultation online at tryhyperchat.com. That's T-R-Y-H-Y-P-E-R-C-H-A-T dot com.
0: Here at Opening Statements, we not only value the stories, but we also value the lessons. We try to foster a good learning environment for our loyal fans. That's right.
1: Like I mentioned before, we want to teach people the things you can't pick up from just reading a book, but things you actually learn from being a lawyer.
0: Yes. So what would you say is the most valuable thing that you've learned? in your years
1: (laughs) there's a lot of things your whole life
0: (laughs) just been one giant learning experience after another
1: that's a good answer
2: moving Uh, on next no i mean i think it's just you learn you constantly go i think honestly the personal relationships are the best Mm. i mean in what i do a lot of it's negotiation a lot of it's trying to figure out you know what what boundaries you're going to be able to push and what you're not and so being able to read the people because the people are the the folks that actually implement and make sure they hold your feet to the fire, Um, doing that and being a decent person. Like I was really shocked, especially since COVID, Mm. how many people are just awful. Like (laughs) how many people since COVID have all of a sudden decided it's okay to just be rude and not decent human beings. Isn't that crazy? Um, And I think that is even showing more, especially because we're getting, we're use losing a tremendous amount of institutional knowledge right now with all the baby boomers retiring because those were the folks that would get in a job and stay there for damn 40 yeah. years mm-hmm. and so they could say hey remember when we worked on this project 20 years ago mm-hmm. we did this or we did that and now you have all the new people coming in and they're there for maybe 30 seconds before they're like oh i can jump shiny objects yeah. Yeah, yeah over here and so it becomes very difficult to like on a lot of these projects that take a lot of time to get through the system you don't have that connectivity of wait but we've already addressed this issue and oh did Mm -hmm. they keep good notes did they not you know so you're making sure to paper everything so you can say no no here's the assurances of of what they said here um so i think developing those relationships and being able to try to have that connectivity as the personnel changes now is probably the most important thing that i think has helped me succeed in in what i do but it's been very difficult with the new people like I mean, you're like, wait, we're great. Oh, we're awesome. This person's churning and burning. We're getting things done. And then they're like, yeah, we're leaving to go to the next apartment or whatever. And you're like, no, right. no, no, <laughs> no wait, no. And, yeah. like, everybody else is like, I'm, I'm done with the shit show. I'm out. I'm retiring. And then you've lost all of that. And so,
4: yeah.
2: I, I mean, we're starting to have just where you're like, nobody's here who knows the rules. Nobody knows the regulations because they've just come on. They don't know it. They haven't experienced it. Yeah. And so it's become a little bit difficult in that sense. So I think knowing your people and, like... Treating them kindly. Mm -hmm. um, Because if you don't treat them kindly, they're not going to help you with your projects. That is a valuable lesson to learn.
1: How many cases do you take on at a time or projects?
2: Um, For me, because I am smaller, I don't have a huge bench. It depends on the complexity of them. So it's not a standard Statement. I mean, it's not saying answered. I'd say Um, it depends on the complexity and how long things are. Like, if I'm working on a reservoir project, I know that that's probably a five plus year
1: project. Wow. Yeah. That and was so, not what I was expecting. Yeah. Nope. So
2: for that, you know, there's certain things. Other projects, do I know it's going to be hugely controversial? So I'm going to limit because I know I'll have a bunch of public meetings. And so I kind of mm. watch things go with an ebb and flow based on what things are. Right. And having done this for almost 20 years, I know, okay, what are the bad ones? What are the ones that are going to happen? You know, what's the issues? And also, um, as a mom... I also adjust what I do based on what's going on in my family's life as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And having my own firm, I have the flexibility to do that. It's amazing. Yeah.
1: What is the most valuable piece of advice you would give to another lawyer? Like one of those up-and-coming environmental lawyers coming out?
2: I would say the thing that I I think that I truly believe kind of builds on to what we just talked about is – don't do something to make the other lawyers, your opposing counsel's life living hell just because you think you're going to get an edge up on it because mm-hmm. it will come back to bite you. Like everyone talks about it. Everyone knows your name becomes mud. Everybody's like, oh, that guy was a, you know, a blankety blank or whatever it is. And then when you have something bad happen in your life and you want an extension, no one's going to give it to you. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't get you anything. Like yeah. I had one attorney from that, that literally this happened this January Um, we had asked for some files. He could have easily made a copy of them and sent them to us. Instead, he said, no, we're going to, um, you can come inspect them. Okay, fine. Going to be difficult. Like it's literally a a file. There's nothing. I want all of it. Right. Like Mm -hmm. we said, we want, we want all this, the file, but, um, you can come and inspect it. So it's like, okay, that means I have to drive up there to literally make copies of it or whatever. He waited until one of my colleagues was up there. So drove two hours to get it and then said, Here's the copies and the cost. So he did it just so our client could incur the legal expenses of having their attorney drive up there, Mm -hmm. drive two hours, drive back, and just to be difficult about it. Like, there's no, there's just no reason for it. You don't, there's no, I mean, you're not helping to resolve the case. If anything, you're just building more animosity. So I would just say, you know, like, I'm not saying go above and beyond what needs to, but don't be awful. Like, be a decent human being.
0: Yeah.
1: It's so a recurring theme. I feel like we've it had is. every episode. Like, we just have some good people. We just
0: we do, but I think it's like it just kind of backs them up on like the impact that those negative people do make. Right? That like just don't be that one. Yeah. Don't you know? Because everyone has had similar sentiments mm-hmm. of, of like advice is just don't be a jerk in the cur- in the courtroom. You know? Mm. So interesting.
2: And I think juries and I think other people see that and. You know, the other people that you're going to be looking to influence, whether it's a regulator, whether it's a jury, whether it's a judge, if you're a complete a-hole, like they see through it and people don't want to reward that behavior. So I I don't think it benefits you
0: in the end and it doesn't benefit your client. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Anywhere in life, really. No.
0: So if, so you started your own firm, what would be like three like skill sets would you say that someone needs to have before they go into starting their own firm?
2: One thing that I did not think about. Much at all. <laughs> that I would highly advise it, that someone in your, does. In your Tuesday, Wednesday <laughs> to Monday, and <Yeah>. yeah, <laughs> you're from my quitting on Tuesday. I gave my resignation on Tuesday. He did something. I was going to work for a week in transition. He did something that was not nice. I know. It's, so, a, it's my plea. The fifth. question. And I sent. I sent. <laughs> I sent the anyhow. So then we'll wait till that happens because I'll tell it. I don't care. Yeah! But um. But the. I was not very business-minded. Like, you are going to... Running a practice is running a business. Yes. It is a business. There are... You need to make sure you have someone to assist you with your billing to make sure that invoices go out. Because when you are super busy and you are in the throes of trial or you have a super big project or things... You might not have time. And then guess what happens? You don't, you don't get, get paid. <laughs> and then everything else starts kind of this snowball effect of how things go. And then you can't pay for other things and you can't pay your people. It just So having a business or business support, even while you get to that point, if you feel like you can do it eventually, like having somebody to establish that, that would be the number one thing that I said. Number two, um, going out and talking to as many attorneys as possible, like working your network as far as I get most of my referrals from either consultants or other attorneys that are like, hey, Laura does this. Go see Laura. Mm -hmm. Um, Not stealing other people's lunches. If somebody gives you a referral and they do something in particular, don't take that part of the case. Like. Mm. Just or, you know, just do something where you help share business because getting that one aspect is not going to make you be able to retire. Mm -hmm. But having and fostering that relationship for a constant source of referrals will feed you much longer. Yeah. So those are the things I'd say.
0: I like that. It's good. Yes. All right. So that actually takes us in to our final segment since you kind of hinted at it I'm so sorry um, it's Ruined a, the surprise wow, yeah. <laughs> but it's our segment it's geared to kind of put you a little bit in the hot seat um, it's our closing arguments
1: yes we are going to play a game of plead the fifth which if you're a loyal listener which everyone is <laughs> we're going to ask our fans yes <laughs> it's every week <laughs> we're going to ask you three hard hitting questions just three and they're hard and you can only pass or plead the fifth on one of them. Okay, okay? you ready? Yes, I really we've worked hard on these. I know. Um, okay, so my first question—I have a couple—and
2: um, <laughs> she just wrote them down here now. Yeah, so these are hard hitting.
3: Uh, yeah, we really <laughs> studied Look, you. The last episode, Laura asked someone to rank their team. Yes, she so, <laughs> did. <laughs> the ones that get written down are.
1: Bad. Yeah, they are. Well, I wrote down behavioral issues and um you had mentioned top of the show about when you were venturing out on your own, there were some behavioral issues in the firm. Not your firm, but the one you were leaving, and you just alluded to it now. So um go on. Tell us um, about well, them. What and happened? so
2: so for the the firm I left, there was there was some IRS problems with the owner. Oh shit. And Ooh. so there ended up being some um chases of the owner across the street with, like, a WSB-TV investigator. What?
0: Like a physical foot chase? Like,
2: a physical foot chase. Like, (laughs) we'd like to talk to you. And so at that point, you pretty much know, like, this isn't something that I want to be associated with. It had nothing to do with me personally and nothing to do with the firm. It was personal decisions that that person was making, but it was just one of those where it was like, this is... If this is before you
1: resigned, yeah,
2: that was one of the instigators. Where it was like, this is just if everyone would understand that now that this is coming to light, now that I was becoming aware along with the rest of the Metro Atlanta area, this was time to leave. Yeah, so I did. I did that. Um, as far as the other issue that I mentioned Uh when I resigned, um, I had offered to either make my resignation official at that moment or that I would stay a week and I would transition everything because I was trying to be the most moral person Upstanding. ever and yeah. so I was starting to do that at night and I ended up finding out that all of my emails made it look like they were going out but they weren't going out <gasps> they had manipulated my email and so at that point I could only assume that they have wanted to effectuate my resignation effective that day so at that point I I sent a an email and that just let Did them it know go out that, <laughs> that <but laughs> I mean all of them were going to the certain person so I just oh, let them know that, that- they were So that way, everything that I was sending to effectuate the transition was going to be handled by that one person. So I just let them know that I could only assume that that meant that they really wanted my resignation to be effective that day. And so I, would, I, was, I was done. So that happened oh, on a Wednesday. Sneaky. A Wednesday. And then I was, had my first client on Monday.
1: Wow. So. Did they ever get back to you? And they were like, oh. Oops.
2: No, I mean, they, it was, I'd been there. And I was the main biller for that firm. I brought in the most money. He they He knew. He yeah. knew that I wasn't, like, a wallflower, that I could figure out what was going on. Yeah. And then at that point, you know, he had not behaved in an appropriate way, and I wasn't going to handle it.
0: So. Wow. Okay. Okay. That was good. <laughs> um, all right. So as an environmental lawyer, what is something that you know you should be doing that's good for the environment, but you don't do it? Oh. <laughs> I print every
2: damn thing out. Print <laughs> do you everything ever out. You love do them? I even really? print the ones out
0: that say, "Please be kind." And
2: don't print. <laughs> I print those out too. Do I do. I print everything. I um, do trees you shred are, them tre-
0: afterwards.
2: Trees, trees are a renewable resource, um, and so I think we all need to look at certain things. <laughs> trees are a renewable resource. Uh, forestry is a great industry here in Georgia. It provides a lot of jobs for these people you're in Georgia. The local economy. I do. We're supporting do. local economy. Um, and I just print everything out. I also don't trust electronics to save my life. There have been numerous occasions where like everything's saved. It's backed up. And then all of a sudden like, there's a virus or something and somebody calls and I'm like, hold on. You want to know what happened in 2004? Hold on. <laughs> and I just flip through my written paper and I'm like, there you go. Here it is. I got the signed original. Scan it in. There you go. Man, I thought that was a tough one.
0: I know.
1: I thought it was
2: such a good I know. one. I on No, um, I print everything out. <laughs>
1: What would you say your husband's biggest regret is in you going out on your own? That I haven't grown. Easy question.
0: That you haven't grown?
2: He wants me to hire a tremendous amount of people and be huge.
1: Oh. Uh, Is that a personal choice? Like, you just don't want to? Like, you've got a am. I am a perfectionist, and I have Ah. certain
2: expectations about the way things are handled and the way clients should be addressed and how their things should move forward. And... I have found it very difficult to find people that have the same level of expectations and requirements. Um, And also what I do is very, very specialized and very niche. And so Mm -hmm. getting somebody in and getting them up to speed, um, I also have a fear that they're going to, you know, the new folks, they get in, they get a lot of knowledge, and then they bust out. And for me to spend that much time and effort on somebody, like, it's a little bit of a risk. Like, are they going to, you know, leave? Yeah. Um, So it's easy. He constantly tells me I should grow constantly Mm -hmm.
1: i get that though to be honest like i feel like that's a fair like not for him but for you like it is very hard to trust other people with what you have worked so hard to build and hope that they would treat everyone the same way that you would like and it's also a lot of its personal relationships like i have personal cell
2: phone numbers of a lot of regulators and things like that like i can't just pass that off and be like here bob give them a call (laughs) Yeah. yeah like it's you know they're not going to talk about what the kids happened or what happened
0: in right, right, something right. else or
2: you know it just it doesn't I I think some of that's not transferable.
1: So. Yeah, I agree. Well, all right, dang it.
0: I know you want. We're not very good at the, <laughs> the Fist. I don't know <laughs> what's coming. wrong with us. We always think too. We're like we got her. We got, got her. her this, this question. This time, I know. Sure.
1: Yes. Well, Laura, thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode of the Opening Statements Podcast
0: yes thank you so much um, for everyone listening you guys can check us out at Hyper Chat Social we're on all the social media channels all of them uh, all of them. Uh, remember to give us a five star review wherever you're listening to us now and all the other places that you can listen to podcasts hop in there and give us a five star review we will catch you next time case, case closed, closed. <laughs>